on, North Church, let's give it up for the church that I see. Wow. I do want to say right now, it's so incredibly awesome to welcome for the very second week, North Church Guthrie. Come on, would you give it up? Yes. Great things happening in Guthrie. Matter of fact, last week was absolutely awesome. It's wonderful to be in the community and to see what God is already doing. And we look forward to the great things that's going to happen now. On the screen, you're going to see this right here. These are, these are some pictures of the crowd from last week. Come on, that was in the auditorium. Isn't that amazing? Show the other one here. Come on, let's give it up. Great. Now that is incredible, but here's what I celebrate the most. We celebrate the most here at OKC and in Guthrie is that last week 12 people gave their heart to Jesus for the very first time. Come on, let's celebrate that. Whether it's 1,200, it's 12, or it's one person that's given their heart to Jesus Christ, that is always what it's all about, and we celebrate the great things that's going on. Again, we got a number of people that have been a part of this core team that have left here to go to Guthrie to be a part of that. We need people here to step up in areas of serving, being a part. You can do that today. And so I am so glad today that you are here. Would you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 8, as we get into today's message and this series that we are calling more than. more than. And more than, the idea in this series is simply this. We all know, we all realize that there's more than what I'm experiencing right now. That God is calling us to be more than who we presently are. That none of us have arrived. And over the next few weeks, as we dive into this book, book of Romans... And then specifically isolated on chapter number 8. I just want you to know that Leonardo da Vinci had his Mona Lisa, right? That was his masterpiece of all of his masterpieces. Well, the Apostle Paul, in my opinion, Romans chapter 8 is his masterpiece. It is absolutely phenomenal that it's still speaking to churches and people 2,000 years later and is going to speak to you today. But God is calling us to be more than just good enough. And to step out of our comfort zones of good enough in our Christianity and following Jesus and become more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes. And I hope that this message today will leave you with an encouragement and a confidence and a strength that you can be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Let's look at the key verse in this series, verse number 37 of Romans chapter 8. It says, no, in all these things we are, set with me, more than conquerors through him who loved us. On the screen is something we're going to be reading throughout this together as a church family. Let's look at it. This is a statement that I want us to all boldly and loudly proclaim. Let's read it together. I am more than a bunch of molecules. More than my thoughts, more than what others say about me, and more than what I'm presently experiencing. I am actually more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But how many of you don't always feel that way? How many of you times you just feel like you're beaten down? You feel like you just can't do it? And you feel like life is more than you. 
Maybe it's your bills that are mounting and you just feel like, this is more than I can handle. Maybe it's your personal temptations and struggles. You feel like this is more than I can deal with. Maybe it's the kids, and this is just more than I can handle. Maybe it's your own marriage, and you're like, I just don't know how to deal with this. This is more than I can deal with. Maybe it's at work and the demands and the direction and the struggles and the finance. Whatever it is, all of us at times feel that life is more than we can handle. But when we look at God's Word, we are reminded that we cannot depend on what we see and what we feel in life. we got to go back to what God says about us and says about our lives. And he says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And I want to give you some things that helps me out. Because this is going to be the highlight reel of chapter number 8. The first week, I'm just giving you some highlights. The next few weeks, we're going to dive in verse by verse. But today we're going to give some highlights of what I use when I'm feeling life is more than me. That helps remind me that I'm actually more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Number one, write this down in your notes. First off, is that when I feel that life is more than me, I'm reminded that my sins are forgiven. Did you get that? That my sins are forgiven. This, this week I was called into uh, Amy's office, who's our business administrator and finance director, and uh, Clint, Pastor Clint, our executive director, was in there, and so I, I walked in, and uh, she has an envelope that she opens up with me in the room, and it comes from the county assessors, and uh, on the inside was the original note that we had signed back on this building, 1601 West Memorial Road with 26 acres of land. And on the outside of that piece of paper was in red, bold, just stamped, paid. Come on. That's good. We celebrate, and we had just a little bit of celebration in that office, knowing that all the efforts, all that's went into this, all the millions of dollars is now paid for on this building and property, that is absolutely awesome. But I've got better news for you. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished by his own blood, not by some rubber stamp that was colored red, but by his own blood, he sealed the deal and said, it is paid for. It is forgiven. That your sins are now under his blood. And church, that is worth celebrating right now. That's worth giving God the praise my sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Lay hold of that promise and receive the forgiveness that has been provided for you. The scripture says this. Look what it says. It says, therefore, there is now, now at this moment, no condemnation for those who are in. Okay, if you're not in Christ Jesus, the Bible says you already stand condemned. But in Christ Jesus, you have no condemnation, no guilt of the past, no shame of the past, no sense of regret for what you did because it has been taken care of and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Continues on. It says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Jesus' love for me, is more than the power of sin in me. When I was growing up, there was a song that we would sing. It would remind me of that story and remind us as a church. He paid a debt 
He did not owe, I owe a debt. I could not pay, I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Come on, anybody know that? Yeah. yeah. And that is the anthem that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. Number two is this. Write this down. Jesus is praying for me. When I feel that life is more than me, I've got to rest in knowing that Jesus is praying for me. Now, I grew up with a praying family, mom and dad. But there's probably no one that I would rather have praying for me than my grandma. I got a picture of my grandma here from this past Christmas on the farm. Come on, I got the farm going, got the cows back in the back, got the barn going, and grandma right there, and there's my immediate family. And we just gathered around. And when my grandma prays, I'm telling you, it is like the heavens open up. And when she begins to pray, and when she lays hands on you, you feel it. I mean, she lays hands on you. It's like she begins to pray. And my grandma's not one of these silent prayers. She's not like, mm, and just real light prayers. She like, she gets very vocal. She gets, her voice goes up a little bit. The anointing, you begin to feel. She begins to raise that hand as she lays her hands. And it's like that other hand is like an antenna straight directly to heaven. And it dials in and it gets in tune. And soon as it, and she begins to pray. And sometimes she begins to pray in a heavenly language. And you just begin to feel the power of God all over you as she is praying. Because you know that she is a woman of prayer. And I love the fact that my grandmother is praying for me. When she will give me that call, leave a voice message, and she said, Rodney, I'm praying for you today. As you get up to preach, I want you to know I'm praying for you. That is awesome. But I'm telling you, it pairs in comparison to knowing the very fact that Jesus Christ, God himself, is sitting at the right hand of God, and he is praying for me. The scripture says this. Look what it says. In verse number 34, it says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And what is he doing at the right hand of God? And what is he doing? And is also said with me, interceding for us. Jesus' prayers for me are more than the problems against me. Whatever you're facing, you got Jesus Christ setting the right hand of God. And when you begin to face those difficulties, when you feel like life is overwhelming you and it's more than, and you feel like, I don't know if I can get through this, and I don't know if I'm going to make it today, be reminded that setting the right hand of God the Father is Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price for forgiveness of your sins, and He is praying and interceding for you. There's times that you're not going to be able to handle it, but know that Jesus is praying that you will have the strength, that you will have the wisdom, that you will have the courage, that you will have whatever you need to get through your present circumstances. Number three is this. Number three is God is for me. When I feel like life is more than, when I feel that struggles are coming my way and it's more than I can handle, I'm reminded that God is for me. Okay, there are times that I'm learning. I'm learning this. You've got to help me out. I'm learning as I go through life to realize that when I am facing a very difficult thing and I feel like that Everything is coming at me. <clears throat> that oftentimes, 
It could mean that I'm right where I need to be at that moment in God. Hear me, hear me on this. Because you see, when you switch teams, when you went from following your own desires and flesh and not serving Jesus and leaving that, the dark side and coming to the side of light and becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, it means that he is going to not like that, the devil. And he is going to unloose everything he can to discourage you, to come against you. I have people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't understand. Before I got saved, I didn't deal with this temptation, these struggles. And it seems like I didn't. And all of a sudden, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And I'm just overwhelmed and I'm struggling with temptation. Because here's the reason why. Because when you are on his team, you're already given in to yourself. There's nothing to fight against. But when you chose to follow Jesus Christ... It meant that you got an enemy of your soul, the adversary of your soul, the accuser of the brethren that's going to come against you. And when you begin to feel those attacks, rest assured and know that God is for you. And that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Let's look at this scripture here. Verse number 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? All that he's facing. If God is for us, who can be Against us. Now, he even then tells you the extent that God is for you. Look at this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, read these last few words with me, graciously give us all things. God is more than anyone or anything. That's against me and against you. Number five is this. In my weakness, the Holy Spirit makes me strong. So therefore, I realize that when more than is coming against me, more than I can handle, more than I can deal with, that in my weakness, the Holy Spirit makes me strong. Now, a little theology, a little understanding of the Trinity and how the Trinity works. you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is recognized throughout the Old Testament and New Testament as God around us. you got God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. So Jesus came to walk alongside us in this journey of life. And then when Jesus left, the disciples were all distraught saying, oh, why are you going? We can't do this without you. We, we can't handle this. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a power. And that power is not just going to be around you. That power is not just going to walk beside you. But that power is going to live inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would come and reside and live inside of you. Isn't that awesome to know? Now, now, now read this scripture. Look at this. In verse number 26, it says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our, say it with me, weakness. Because you're going to have weak times. You're going to struggle every day you're going to need. We do not know what we even ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself, say it with me, intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now, this is key to note. When you begin to take this tag team duo, duo, duo and begin to realize what's going on, Jesus is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, and he's doing what? He's interceding for you. Then you got down here on earth, you got the Holy Spirit, God, 
in you, and he's what? He's interceding for you. Come on, that is a tag team that nobody can handle. You got God in heaven, Jesus Christ, interceding for you. God in you, the Holy Spirit that's interceding for you. What is it you're dealing with? You can overcome it. What is it that you're facing? You can get through it. What is it that you're discouraged about? You can be encouraged. What is it that you're battling against? Come on, a blessing is on the way because you've got the power of the Holy Spirit in you. There are times that I've laid on my bed and I have just not known how to pray, not known what to say. And in those moments, I just lay and cry out. Sometimes it's out loud, sometimes it's very silent, but I'm just moaning. And I can feel the work of the Holy Spirit that's doing a work of prayer for me. Because I don't know how to pray. Man, there's times in choices and direction and leading. I don't know where to go. You ever feel that way? I don't know what to do. Some things are real clear in life. Some things I have absolutely, I don't know how to pray for my kids. I don't know certain times, I don't just pray God bless them, God be with them, God, but there's times I don't know the specifics. I don't know exactly. I don't know what God has out there. And I just lay there and tears rolling in my face. But I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Even in my weakness, in my vulnerability, and in my struggle, that's reassuring me that He has this. He's got this under control. And whatever it is that you're facing right now, God is more than able, through the power of His Spirit, to give you the strength to deal with what you're going through. Number six is this. Number six, God is always working all things for my good. When I begin to think that this is more than I can handle, this is more than I can deal with, this is more than I can go through, I realize God is always working all things for my good. Good. Several years back, we went to Disney World as a family. And we, we got to be just one day. And then several years later, we had bought a three-day ticket, but we could only be there one day. And we went back because we could use that ticket after, you know, for a lifetime. So we went back and went two days. So the first time we went, though, the kids were very small. And I had literally at one time, I had like Annabeth on my neck. I was carrying Phaedra, and I had Gavin at the end of the day. Any guys know what I'm talking about? At the end of the day, I had all three of them on my body, and I am, like, hurting. I'm like, but I can do this. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. I can make it. Weakness, I'm strong. Weakness, I feel. <laughs> but we were walking, and kids had, like, cones or stuff that they were eating, and something fell. I didn't even realize it. And about the time I take several more steps, and one of the kids said, Yeah, he dropped my. And I turned around, and as I turned around to see what was dropped to go pick it up, trash, somebody just comes along and just grabs it, picks it up, goes off. Now, if you've been to the Disney World, you understand it is spotless, right? You got all these people. Do you see trash around? No, no, no. You don't see trash anywhere. And all these people aren't that perfect. All these people aren't making sure their trash is getting in the trash can. But there are people. Like they are hidden behind trees. They're like hidden behind buildings. They like come out of the gutters. And when you drop something, they just pick it up. 
And I learned that it's not just the people who are assigned to pick up trash and that's their sole job. No, no, everybody from the top to the bottom is trained that if they see anybody drop anything, they're to provide the best customer service and just to go pick it up. Just immediately pick it up and just go on and make sure it finds its way to the trash can. And then after I saw that, I started to test this thing. <laughs> oh, look at that guy. Do some more. No, I just, I just did one time. Just, just one time. Just to see if they'd really do that again. I believe that a lot of things that we struggle with, what we don't even realize that in the heavenlies, that God is coming around picking up our messes. And he's turning even the difficult, even the dirty, even the mess ups into something positive. If we stay focused on him. Do you believe that? Come on, church. I don't think sometimes we give enough credit to God for all that he does in our life. I, I, don't th I think when we get to heaven someday, we're going to be realizing all of the angels that were dispatched to be able to take care of us. That kept you when you should be dead. That kept you when you went through difficulties. Who kept you sane when other people would have went crazy. That kept you in the middle of your drugs and your alcohol and your struggle. That kept you. I believe that God will turn even our dumbest, stupid, sinful choices into something good if we once again realize, God, you can take all things and work it to my good. Amen? I believe that. And, and the scripture says this. Look at this. It says, now we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And number seven, number seven is this. When I'm feeling life is more than I can handle and I can't go any further, nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing, no thing can separate me from God's love. Some time ago I heard a story of a pastor in Vietnam, a Vietnamese gentleman who before the communists took over Vietnam, he would have evangelists come in. And he would travel with these evangelists to churches all across Vietnam, and he would interpret for them. And then when communism began to take over, and then when the war happened, the evangelists had to leave, and he eventually went back to his local congregation and church and helped there, but then eventually the whole country fell under communism and his name went on a list that they were searching for. They found him. When they found him, they threw him in prison and in prison they began to indoctrinate him with their ideology. And Twice a day he'd have to go into classrooms and just be just given, given their indoctrination. And he was just physically beat. And then he would be thrown in isolation for weeks on end. When he would be released, he would be assigned the task and the responsibility for cleaning a latrine, the sewage. Because the prisoners and with the lack of 
proper sewage, it would get backed up, and he would have to get, he'd find himself in the sewage, literally with his hands, cleaning up the mess and the junk and the paper that was being used. And he would do it week after week. He'd be in isolation. He'd be pulled out for a little while just to go clean out the latrines. He was getting to the breaking point. And after years of this, he was crying out to God one day. He said, God, I can't, I can't go any further. He was not allowed any Bible all these years. Not one piece of literature. But one day, after he cried out that prayer to God, realizing that I can't handle any more, he was cleaning out one of the latrines and found some paper there. But this paper was different than the other paper because there was writing on it. It was all crumbled up and it had obviously been used as toilet paper. But because there was writing on it, he looked around and took it and put it in his pocket and then continued cleaning up what he was assigned to clean up. When he, get back, when he got back to his cell that night, the first thing, all he could think of was what was on that piece of paper. He pulled out the paper, he uncrumbled it, crumpled it, pulled it open, began to clean off the human waste. And as he looked at that piece of paper, that one piece of paper that had literature on it, had words inscribed on it, had these words that he read from the book of Romans chapter 8. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At that moment, he realized what I hope you realize is that more than anything else, I'm sure that God's grip of grace is not going to let go on our lives. That whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're battling, whatever you're discouraged about, God's grips, grip of grace is greater than any struggle that you face. That He won't leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like it at times, but God's word says it, and it's clear. He's going to be there. He's going to help you out. And in this room right now, there's probably individuals that you feel like life is more than I can handle right now. There's something, there's an aspect, there's a part of what you're facing in life that's more than what you can handle. And you're just saying, man, I... I need to be reassured that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus today. And maybe this word has encouraged you, maybe it's challenged you. But if you're here and you're like me, because this week there's been some times that I felt like it's more than I can handle. And you're saying, I need that. And there's some things I'm facing right now that's more than I can handle. And you need to be just reassured that you're more than a conqueror in Jesus. Raise your hand if that's you. Just raise them up. Keep them up, keep them up all across this place. Probably half. Eight, 8.30, there was like, they're, they're, not as, they're not as overcomers as you because like 90% of them raised their hands. Can you put your hand down? In just a moment, we're going to go back into worship. And I want you to be the first ones to stand. You that raised your hand saying, God, just open up and allow God to begin to flow with the power of his Holy Spirit in you to give you what you need.